Warning, the following contains discussion of hatred and the hating haters who hate it. Listener discretion is advised. Or not, I really don't care. So. No, fuck you. Exactly, I don't care. Listen all you want to. Listen to your heart's content. Be discreet about it. Don't be discreet about it like we give a fuck. Confessions of two men with nothing in common but an accent. I'm James. And I am Matt. Whoa, dramatic. Yes. Uh, you gotta do the dramatic pause every now and then. It keeps people guessing, you know. I am Matt. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know who it was. I did not see that coming. What a twist. Next time on Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> There were seven mats made. <laughs> yeah. They're all evil. Imagining you know, space mat seducing Gaius Baltar. Their red speedo. In my red hot spine. <laughs> Just bent over the table. What you doing now, boy? <laughs> you best be helping out them Cylons. That's the only way that show could have gotten better. Can you hear? I don't know if you can hear that. My fan, my computer's been acting up. Matt, you'll be happy to know that in the interest of solidarity, I turned my fan on. Is it hot there? Well, it's Alabama. So. Well, the reason I ask is because it's been freaking cold up here. The past few, like, the past week has been cold and rainy all week. I got caught in the rain walking. Okay, I live about a 20-minute walk away from a lake. Mm-hmm. I walk down there sometimes and read. Mm-hmm. You know, put down a blanket and just sprawl myself out like a centerfold. Jesus, no wonder they picked Read, on you in school. Reading my Judy Bloom. I did that yesterday. Walk down there, sky as clear as can be. I start reading. Like 15 minutes later, it's getting really windy. It starts drizzling. And then in about 10 seconds, it goes from drizzling to just balls out <laughs> storming. So I throw my blanket up over me. Tuck, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret, under my <laughs> arm. I start on the long, arduous trek back to my house. With, like, cars speeding back and forth beside me on the road. Because people are really in a fucking hurry to get to the lake. And to get out of it. It's a phenomenon I've never understood. Even when it's storming like this. Like, oh, I gotta get some fishing in. <laughs> well, that's the best time, you know. Because fish are... They, they, they love the rain. They, they love to play in the rain. And I'm getting kind of mad because nobody will pick me up. You were so entitled. Well, I know. It's just, I look very defenseless. Yeah, I can see that. That's like, do they do I think that I'm some kind of homeless guy? Walking back home with my blanket over my head and a book under my arm with my Sperry's and my Doctor Who shirt. Well, it didn't help that you had a sign that said, Homeless will work for food or will blow for food, is what your sign actually said, didn't it? I like that blow is a verb. It's a verb and a noun. And an adjective. And an adjective. It's a night on the town. It's dinner and a show. Hello. <laughs> but uh, I do that, and like halfway through, a guy picks me up. And for a split second, I'm like, uh, he's going to want to put himself inside of me for this, isn't he? <laughs> My body is ready. <laughs> uh, but thankfully, you know, all he wanted was a handshake, and he dropped me off at my house. Hand, hand jobs more like it. 
Admit it. There was a hand and there was shaking. I'm not going to go any further than that. I just imagine like him, like you're shaking hands, and he slowly starts to lower it towards his crotch. Yeah. I'm trying to pull away, but his grip just gets tighter. <laughs> Jimbo, <laughs> restrain him. <laughs> I think, I don't think I've ever picked up a hitchhiker or anything. I'm just paranoid about that. Well, you did that one time when you were taken hostage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, I don't count that. Because my car was not in movement at the time. Well, I don't know. There's like this guy who in town I used to live in that would give rides sometimes. He was a harmless. He was like the town idiot, essentially. Everybody gave him rides. He was he was harmless. He was like 50 years old. He wasn't really so much retarded as he was. I think he... <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. What? A good description begins with, he wasn't necessarily retarded, but... <laughs> Is that what it says in his yearbook photo? He wasn't necessarily retarded, dot, dot, dot. Well, um, I think what it was was he just got burnt out on drugs or something. He smoked too many marijuanas. No, he took all the reefers. I think he was always a little weird, but then he got weirder as he got older. That's a warning to you, James. Be careful. One day, you will be roaming the streets of Sims. Giving handshakes for hand jobs. <laughs> so if you take anything away from this podcast, never get old. So how was your month then? Eh, it's been a normal month for me. I got a job. Oh, look at you. That's right. Just breaking news. We have breaking news here. Uh, yeah, here yeah, I got a job. Blow the power about news desk. You you are gainfully employed once again. That didn't take too long. Oh. No surprise. Um, yes, I am now a fully employed henchman for the Walmart Corporation. So I'm moving up in the world, at least in terms of size. Yes. Um, and by that, but, I mean the size of the customers. Yeah. <laughs> are you like a cashier, or what are you doing right now? Do you know? Uh, I'm going to be doing grocery stocking. Okay. The guys that make the pyramids out of cans for a living, that's going to be me. Okay. So so you're the guy who, like, when I want some Cheerios, you put on the high shelf to where I can't reach. That's you. That's your doing, James. I'm chief tantalizer. You personally do that. You go to the Walmart that I grocery shop at. You messed with me. I'm trained by Hades. <laughs> um, Make sure that the greeters have to push that giant boulder up the hill. <laughs> oh, great. The greeters, that's just, to me, that seems like that was just the job that I would hate the most, you know? Really? All you do is stand there and make sure yeah. nobody walks out with a television. Yeah, but I don't want to talk to people. Especially... <laughs> I don't want to talk to people right now in my 20s. I wouldn't want to talk to people if I was 80 years old, you know. Yeah, but you don't really talk to people when you're a greeter. You just kind of smile and nod. and be, Get the hell out of here. Hurry up. The fuck you want at Walmart? Yeah. Um, And, of course, as you know, by becoming a member of the Walmart employee, you joined such previous Blow the Ball Belt alum. As my aunt, the uh, security chief of the Hartwood, Georgia Walmart. The store dick. The store dick. Which exactly. I'm still not convinced exists. I think she may have just been fabricating a schizophrenic alternate reality. Probably was. Um, that is something else that happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she was dragged away like in a beautiful mind. We're all communists. Uh, the prodigal roommate revealed. But, uh, yeah, something that happened this month. Um, my aunt, the one that I mentioned before that we were just talking about, she uh, 
she got arrested apparently. For making terroristic threats and stalking. <laughs> and sorry, go ahead. Here's the thing that the person that she was doing this to was the social worker who was investigating her. So, you know, that's going to go over real well with the courts, you know. Wait, making terroristic threats? I've never heard that word, terroristic. Yeah, but that's it's, just... It's not a terrorist threat. It's terrorist adjacent. It's terroristic. Yeah, they pretty much just use that. Anytime you call someone and say, hey, I'm going to kick your ass. That's what terroristic threats are. So basically it's being a dick. Yeah, pretty much. Um, We didn't know about it until... Uh, like a, a week or so after it happened, because there's this there's this paper my father gets a lot of times. It's called the Bad and Busted, um, and a lot of local communities have papers like this around. But um, it shows mugshots of people in the area who've been you know arrested for stuff. It was originally it's, called the Johnson Times. <laughs> Don't yeah, feel bad. Um, my local newspaper is called the Lewis Report. The Lewis Report. Um, but yeah, we saw her in there. And that's how we found out. So, front page news, I Did guess. Did your dad cut it out and put it on the post board or something? <laughs> he should have. We Every time someone someone shows up in the bad bus that we ring a bell, <laughs> it's like making a sale at a car dealership. Family meeting. <laughs> you don't have to sit around in a circle and get your stories straight for the eventual investigation. <laughs> so she yeah. threatened a social worker. It was it? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. That's all I know the extent of it. I didn't ask. You know, it's none of my business because, you know, I figured I know enough of the story to get the idea of what happened. You don't want to get pulled into that web of lies and terroristic threats. And deceit, yes. You know, it's her against the world. I'm just imagining her calling up the social worker like fucking Liam Neeson. I don't know who you are. I don't have any money. But I will pull out this gun and I will shoot the fuck out of your head. If it has bullets. It might not have bullets. Because the last person I pulled this gun on and shot didn't have bullets. So, you know, you never know. It could have bullets. You don't know. You have to find out when I get there. I'm pretty sure that's what she said verbatim. Every fight is a mystery. Life's crazy that way. <laughs> it keeps it fun, you know. If you don't know if you're going to go to jail for... Stalking and terroristic threats, or are you actually going to go to jail for murder? So, you know, that variety is the spice of life. I've always said that. So is threatening and stalking people. To her credit, though, the social worker did still say, good luck. <laughs> but I, we, we, we got distracted about that, but um, <laughs> is there anything, anything else on the Walmart front with you? No, but I should be starting that job soon, and... That's the most important thing that's ever happened to anyone in the history of anything. So what inconsequential stuff happened in Lincolnton? We had some earthquakes. The actual ground shook. Earthquake is plural. Yeah, there were a couple earthquakes. It's been – there was another one I think actually uh, happened last week. The first one I remember was Friday morning about 1 o'clock, and – Earthquake, it happened, and my first thought was that it was a plane wreck or something. Because that's what – it sounded like a sonic boom. You know, I didn't feel the ground shake or anything. You're like, oh, and shit, it's lost all over again. Gibbs on Hurley. But uh, <laughs> that's that's what I said when I stood up and I yelled to the house, Gibbs on Hurley. 
But um, I'm gonna find Ethan before this horrible chain of events starts again. He brought a shotgun. <laughs> but like I said, it sounded like a sonic boom. Because I, I went outside to look and see if like a plane had crashed or something. Because there was no like shaking at all, you know. And you see earthquakes in the movies, and so obviously that's my only experience, you know, being from the south. But uh, yeah, it was uh, 2.9, I think. It's been it was the strongest earthquake that we've had, and this was one of like four or five earthquakes that have been in this area. Lincoln County has been the epicenter for just about all of them. But yeah, there's been some earthquakes. I don't know. Are you guys on an Indian burial ground or something? I have my fingers crossed for an army of zombie Lincolns showing up. <laughs> Again, plural. Yeah, Lincolns. They've just been mutating underneath the earth. Or maybe, uh, as we talked about earlier, Jefferson Davis's Confederate gold is somewhere in this area. So maybe like a giant dress wearing Jefferson Davis comes up like the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man. Has <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody disturbed the curse of Jefferson Davis's gold? Now the ground yeah. is giving up its Lincolns. An army of undead Lincolns fighting a giant Jefferson Davis in a dress. They call in Daniel Day-Lewis to try to talk them down. <laughs> they don't call in anybody for Jefferson Davis because I don't think anybody's ever played Jefferson Davis in a film. So. <laughs> He's not worth it. But yeah, earthquakes aside. Yeah. Oh, you know, you don't get to brush aside earthquakes. I do, okay. I, this is my first taste of feeling how it feels to live in California. You know, the tectonic plates beneath our feet shifting and crashing into each other like warring tribes of an ancient civilization aside. Business as usual. See, you're already spoiled with your natural disasters. Well, see, this thing, you, it's how you are with the hurricanes. Eh, hurricane almost hit us. Nah, no big deal. Yeah, but hurricanes aren't dramatic. Okay, hurricanes are pretty dramatic, but they're not fun. Okay, earthquakes aren't fun either. They're much more dramatic than an earthquake because hurricanes you see coming for two months in advance, you know. Earthquake, it happens and it's done. That's true. They don't name earthquakes. Like I said, you know, hurricanes take all the attention from, you know, hardworking tornadoes and thunderstorms. Yeah, but earthquakes have a certain sexiness to them, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I guess just because, you know, if this Teutonic plate is a rock and because <laughs> that's yeah, that's all an earthquake is. Tectonic plates getting it on after all. Yeah, but you can say the same thing about a hurricane because it's nothing but sucking and blowing. So yeah, but that's a sloppy blow job. An earthquake is love making. What's happening below the ground? Life. Is what's <laughs> happening. I mean, look at all the sexy earthquake movies there have been. I mean, I, could you see Pierce Brosnan saving Diane Lane from a hurricane? Sexily. While that old lady tries to swim in acid. <laughs> Something about this scene always disturbed me. She just jumps out of the boat and swims, knowing the full well that the lake's acid now. Most easily prevented tragic death of all time. Exactly. I'll give you an extra two seconds. Ah. I think she was just suicidal. That brings us to the topic of this episode, Matt. What's the deal with the 1990s disaster movie Dante's Peak? I thought we were going with my theme um what's the deal with airline food that's what i want to talk about i'm pretty sure we could milk that for a whole hour i mean jerry seinfeld did some good work uncovering that whole mystery but a lot of research is left to be done what about this one grape nuts they call it grape nuts there's no grape. there's no nuts so why do they call it grape nuts and i don't even want to go into what happened whenever nazis tried to discover why we drive in a parkway and park in a driveway 
<laughs> Faces were melting. The wrath of God was called down. There was no time for love, Dr. Jones. That was why Hitler shot himself and took poison at the same time, because he couldn't comprehend it. He looked into the face of the driveway, and he saw nothing but madness in return. So, yeah. Um, Speaking of Hitler. And madness. That brings us to the topic of today's episode. Hatred, Matt. Hatred. We all feel it from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we all do. It's, it's one of the most basic human instincts, of course. Um, next to love, sadness, and um, the appreciation of Cuba Gooding Jr. as a film actor. Oh, yeah. I've been in a very Cuba Gooding Jr. mood today. Oh, you have? What have you done? Uh, it's mainly internalized. I mean, it's not a full-blown Pearl Harbor, but I'm definitely having some snow dog feelings. Uh, so you didn't, like, go to the store or nothing? You know, you were behind some lady. She wanted to pay debit, and you yelled, top of your lungs, show me the money. You didn't do that? No. I'm, you have to build up to the show me the money. I mean, that's like Nirvana. Yeah, people aspire to it. Nobody <laughs> ever actually has it. You dream of the show me the money mood. <laughs> Only Cuba Gooding Jr. has ever attained that. I mean, people spend their whole lives seeking out Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, <laughs> in his mountain temple. So that explains what happened to him. I just thought he was in a bunch of bad movies and no one would hire him again. But it's a self-imposed exile. Oh, no. He teaches the Cuban way. <laughs> he's he's like that uh, sensei from Kill Bill. He's even got like the two long whiskers that go down to his chest. Terrence Howard was his greatest student. But used his powers only for evil. And then Don Cheetah ripped his eyes out. <laughs> but uh, anyway... Hatred, Matt. Yes, hatred. I hate you right now, just so you know. Oh, I, I hate made you. sure of it. I was like 20 minutes late for the recording today just to get Matt in the right mood for this topic. That doesn't bother me. I mean, I'm fine with you being a little late. It's just I'm sorry that I like to be prompt, and it seems like everyone else I know in my life doesn't. So that kind of – that makes me a little angry. Not Not too much. But I just feel like it's a, it's a sign of, you know, respect to show up at the time that we prearranged, you know. I picked that time for a specific reason because I wanted it to be on time. But you obviously didn't feel the need to show up at that time. That's, that's all right. I mean, just flaunt your respect. Show your contempt for me. I mean, okay. That's just... What you do, I guess. This is how you live your life. I, of course, live my life differently than that. <sighs> Matt, no! Uh, I'm just going to ignore that. He, he failed. That's what happened. So, hatred, Matt. Hatred, yes. Is there anything in particular that you hate? I mean, I'm, I'm, when I say hate... It, it doesn't necessarily need to be hate, but, you know, like something that annoys you, something that grinds your gears. Okay, here is – and I'm not even you know, going to downplay it. Here is a hatred, a basic psychotic, psychological hatred. For years – and this is going back since I was like 15 – I've had nothing but contempt and loathing. For grown men who wear plaid shorts. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. 
Interesting. Why? Why is this? Matt, close your eyes. <laughs> you got them closed? Yes, they're closed. Yes, I'm keeping Pic- them closed. Picture, if you will, a city street. Now, populate that city street with any means of people. You can you know, think of people you know, people you once knew, or just make up new people. Use your imagination. Is is it hard if I make them all white? If that helps. Okay, it does, and they are. Alright, now picture yourself walking down the street. Hey, Matt. Who said that? I don't recognize any of these people. I don't understand why they know it's my It's okay, name. Matt. They're all white. They're friends. In some way, they're all God's shiny creations, along with me. I shouldn't have said that out loud. I regret saying that. But yes, I'm walking down the street. Now imagine you turn a corner. What's this? A man. Not just any man. A grown man with his own facial hair and body sweat and erections. A fully developed man. Is, is he hairy, sweating, and hard all at the same time? Possibly. You don't know because you're looking at him from quite a distance. All you can tell okay. is that he is a man over the age of 18, and he is wearing shorts. And these shorts are not one color. Not two colors, or three. They are plaid. The cheap $2 hooker of colors. <laughs> it's fucking tool time below the waist. <laughs> or like they skinned a bagpipe and wore exactly. around. In addition to this, this man is also wearing a fedora. Oh, a fedora, you say. Is it the 1940s? Is this a Mickey Spillane gumshoe? It is not. <laughs> It is the early to mid-2000s, and this is a silk fedora with tiny guitars on it. This is getting oddly specific. You would think that. I I swear to God. I do think that. Well, 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 it's good that you think that, because I'm about to disprove it, and won't you look stupid. (laughs) During my trip to Six Flags, which I mentioned in a previous episode, I lost count. Of the grown men I saw in plaid shorts. Just one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. Like they were just congregating. Like it was a plaid short convention. <laughs> Douchebagville. And I just... You'd I, say. And this was, the, this was my first encounter with grown men in plaid shorts. Like I, I didn't know, had this become a thing all of a sudden? Was I lame for having shorts that were one color? I mean, I, um, I, I don't think I'm yeah. communicating properly I, I, how plaid this was. Was it on par with Scotland plaid? Scotland has the whole red plaid thing. That doesn't bother me. Yeah. It's the greenish, brownish plaid that I see all around these days. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's funny that you mention this as being something you hate because one of my big hatreds is actually kind of in the similar vein. Very much like you, I hate a certain trend with men, and that trend is uh, seeing grown men wearing flip flops. <laughs> you too. It's one. I think after you get like a certain age, as soon as you get to be a teenager, you know, you should wear shoes all the time. Shoes and socks. <laughs> shoes and socks. Don't wear flip flops. I mean, nobody wants to see that. You know, you're you're supposed to be an adult. You're supposed to be a man. Wear shoes. That's what men do. All right. Once you start getting hair on your toe knuckles, that's where it starts getting inappropriate. 
Because nobody wants to see that exactly. hair. Nobody and wants to know that that hair exists. They like to block that out of their minds. And this is just something like like you said with the plaid shorts is something for me that just seemed to happen overnight. I remember I was in high school, I think tenth or eleventh grade, and one I think we come back from for the eleventh grade, and all I next thing I knew, all the dudes were wearing flip flops. Like, what the hell are y'all doing? You know? I know. It's like it's like a flash mob of fashion. Like I said, no one wants to see that, you know. And I can I can forgive like someone who's sixteen, seventeen years old. But once you get, I've seen like you know, college. Like I went to like a college campus with my brother a couple months ago, and I, even though this was like March, I've seen dudes wearing flip flops. I'm like, what the hell is your problem? Why? You just fall to your knees. Why? <laughs> This is a house of learning. I should have the answers to these questions. Why flip-flops? Um, I always keep a pamphlet with me at all times saying why shoes are better than flip-flops. It's more of a, like it's a bullet point system, you know. And I pass it out anytime I see a man wearing flip-flops. And of course I get dirty looks, but I think it's worth it because someday I will change that man's life. It becomes like a scene from a horror movie. You go, <laughs> you go to see one of the professors, Throw down a flip-flop. Explain these to me. I'm plain English. <laughs> it's far too late now. The flip-flopification <laughs> has begun. He takes a cyanide pill. No, I want answers. I rolled the chair back and I see he's wearing flip-flops underneath <laughs> like his Oxford suit. It's like a disease. You look down and notice that your shoes are losing the front. They're slowly morphing into flip-flops. There's... My God, it's terrible. At first, they become like the strap sandals with socks on. Mother of God. And then, yeah, I start running out. They slowly started to degrade more and more until they're flip-flops. I fall to my knees and cry to the heavens. Little do you know that this is only phase two. This is all just preparing you for phase three when they become Crocs. Oh, God. Don't get me started on Crocs. That's but the sequel tease. I don't like, dislike Crocs. I mean, I'll say that... To me, they're a little more tolerable than flip-flops because at least they're closed up, you know. They have those stupid holes on them, but... At least they're not exhibitionistly showing off their toe hair. Yeah, I think that's what it is with me. I just don't like to see people's toes. You know, there's a reason we invented footwear, people. To hide our orthopedic shame. I'm sorry, but that's just how I feel. See, my problem with Crocs isn't the look of them necessarily, it's the material. It's like they're made out of those little like animal things that kids play with in the bathtub. Also, if I throw a crock in a bottle of water, it's going to turn into a little stuffed T-Rex or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, those things. Yeah, see, I don't know what crocs are made of because I've never touched them. Are they, like, rubbery? <laughs> oh, you're saying I've touched a croc? That's a genuine question. They're made of a very flimsy material, very, like, not even really rubbery. They're kind of foamish. Hmm, Interesting. They're like Fisher Price, my first shoes. <laughs> um, question though, um, so say like you see a guy walking towards you, you, you you're minding your own business, but then you see, first off, this guy, he's wearing a fedora with tiny guitars, right? So strike one, strike two, he's wearing the plaid shorts, and strike three, somehow or another, he's wearing. Combo Crocs flip flops. <laughs> he's, like he's got a Croc on one. He's one wearing foot Crocs with then... the front cut off. <laughs> exactly. What would you do to that guy? 
Uh, I wouldn't do anything to the guy. I would immediately run into traffic because the world is beyond hope. <laughs> like I, I would rage quit the human race. It's a bold move. It's a bold move. I like it. To me, that is more hateful than even the most passionate haters, you know. To be that dead set on leaving this world that you would do that. So I applaud you for that. Yeah, my hatred is too precious to waste on other people. Are there any more things that you don't care for? Nothing on the level of plaid shorts. Oh, also homophobia. I don't like that. Uh, this is going to be kind of awkward because right here in these flip-flops I have. Moving on. Yes. Um, Are there, like, any other things, like, involving, like, hatred? I know, you know, we tend to recant tales of... <laughs> A misfortune in these episodes. So, is there anything in particular that you can? Well, if you're talking about hatred in my family, you got to give props to my grandfather. Oh, nobody hates like him. I mean, he can turn hatred into an art. Um, question is: Is he still alive? He is. How old is he? He is in his early seventies, I believe. Yeah, so he'd be about the right age. He'd be the kind of guy who was a young man in the fifties and sixties. So he was a member of the Hades generation from Alabama, like seriously, like Alabama, Mississippi, puh. Um, <laughs> and you know even Georgia, South Carolina. Uh, I'll give I'll give those two props, but especially like Alabama and Mississippi. Um, during the '60s, they were the Michael Jordans of racism and hatred. You know, to this day, no one can ever hope to surpass that. You know, if you if if you look if you look at stuff like that and idolize it, that is your idol. <laughs> That's your Woodstock. Exactly, the um, Montgomery uh, bus boycotts are your version of Woodstock. <laughs> I mean, there were people you know, rolling around in the mud. They were doing that because they were on reason. yeah, because they were on fire. But. Uh, but is there anything, like, specific about your grandfather that happened? Well, my grandfather has a tendency to just randomly blurt out things he hates. Like Batman or he Bill hates Murray. Batman. He, he hates Batman and Bill Murray. Are you serious? Or spaghetti. Oh, Jesus Christ. My favorite. I, my favorite. Can, can, can I add to this list now and say that I now hate him? <laughs> you may. All right, good. I'm adding him to the list. My favorite story is one day I was watching television with him, and he was just flipping through random things. And he flips over to the animal planet, and there's a show on with dolphins. And he just scowls and says, bullshit. <laughs> I said, well, what's bullshit? <sighs> Fucking dolphins. Dolphins are bullshit. Hell yeah! What do you have against dolphins? Fuck dolphins. Then he changed the channel. See, I think you're misinterpreting this wrong. I don't think he meant it as words of hatred. I think he meant it as words of love because the dolphins they have the they have the blowholes. You know, that's what he he was he wasn't like I said he was announcing his intent. You know, and he turned the channel because he'd be too too tempted. That was bullshit. I mean, the whole hour. Those dolphins were teasing him. <laughs> exactly, they were teases. That's what it was. Cock teases. Or blowhole teases. 
blowhole teases, yes. Well, no, but he'd still have the penis. It still, metaphor still works. He's porpoise whipped, is what we're saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just, just love the idea that not only, like, you know, hatred is extended beyond uh, a race, beyond a sexual orientation, beyond a religion or creed. It is extended <laughs> to an uh, entire race of water-dwelling mammals. <laughs> Maybe he thinks it's bullshit that they live in the water but breathe air. He finds it hypocritical. I can see that. They want their cake and they want to eat it too, you know. Either be a fish or be a mammal, you know. Can't choose. At least the sharks know their place. Exactly. They've they've committed to the role. They're not fooling themselves like dolphins. When you think about it, aren't dolphins just the drag queens of the sea? I don't know. I think they are stuck up. Why do we have to make such a big deal about dolphins safe tuna? Maybe I want to eat dolphin in my tuna. I mean, they are the smartest mammal. Yeah, exactly. But yet they keep getting stuck in those nets. Come on. I see I'm taking on big tuna right now, I think. Or big dolphin. Big porpoise. I'll call it big porpoise. But I'm on his side now. Dolphins have had it too good for too long. They're the Dane cook of water-dwelling mammals. They they're both they both have a similar language in common. Them and Dane cook, so yeah, that works. And they stole all their jokes from Louis C.K. <laughs> uh, so... You you mentioned your grandfather, his irrational hatred of dolphins got me thinking of an irrational hatred in my own family. Now, I have a feeling you might guess which family member I'm going to be talking about. So, Nana Johnson? Her name's Ma Jenny. Get it right. <laughs> now, this is my, my, my father. He, he has an irrational and fixated hatred of uh, a certain particular group of people. Now, if you were to guess, what would you say? Just off the top of your head, based on previous evidence. Dwarves. Yeah, close. But no. Um, for the life of me, I can't figure out. I have a good idea why. But he, with a passion, he can't stand and he hates bicycle riders. <laughs> like specifically, people who ride bicycles professionally or just anyone on a two-wheel no, no, no. vehicle? That's the thing, mate. We see a lot of people, kids. Older people, or, you know, adults, whatever, who may not have a car and have to ride around for transportation. That he's fine with. But it's the guys in the Speedos and the, the, the sperm helmet looking things and the goggles who ride that he can't stand. Was his heart broken by Lance Armstrong? <laughs> that might have been what it is. But um, I think his reason is because, like, <laughs> because. Because of the fact they take up, because of the road, you know. When if you ever get behind a bicycle or on the road, they like they own the highway, you know. They won't move. They they want to hog the lanes and stuff, you know. They won't get over, and it's stupid and it is kind of selfish. And I guess like the same way with you and me, he sees like you know you're a grown man riding a bike, you know. What's the point? You're not doing it for anything. You're just lollygagging on that. Two-wheeled bicycle, all willy-nilly across the road, not doing no good for nobody. I remember one time we uh, we were going somewhere. We were, I was about twelve. We got stuck behind like a pack of them going somewhere. Oh God! I, I think the reason why we encounter a lot of them is because down here on the lake and stuff, a lot of recreation areas and stuff. But we got behind a pack of them, and he was getting pissed. Had, finally, when he got a free opening, he passed. <laughs> And he was in the driver's seat, but he made sure that the window was down so he could lean out and flip him off while he honked the horn. <laughs> it's 
past them. Uh, he tried his best to get them to collide with oncoming traffic by honking <laughs> his horn. But there's another story. This actually happened a couple years ago when we first moved down here. Um, I picked him up to uh, – he was going to go to the bank to get his check cash. And so we were riding through town, and as we were coming up, we saw a guy on a bike. First, he thought he was just a guy riding for you know for transportation, which he was cool with. But then as we got closer, we could make out like he was wearing one of those jersey things with the tight body, whatever. Oh, and, and shit was uh, on. <laughs> but, but he just thinking, like, maybe 100 yards before we got to him, he ran over something. And it blew out both his tires. Whatever it was he ran over, he ran over once, he ran over twice. Both his tires blew out. <laughs> and as we got closer, my <laughs> he rolled down the window of the truck. We were going maybe 30 miles an hour. And as we went by, he he pointed at the guy and started just laughing maniacally <laughs> at him. of his bicycle in the mud bruised and bleeding concussed <laughs> he sees this guy pointing and laughing waving his beard in the breeze here's the thing I was driving so I guess I was the wheel man <laughs> but uh and you were just frowning and shaking your head like a grim but... specter of defeat I couldn't stop laughing either just because I was just transfixed with the madness or the extent of his madness, you know. It's like Ahab. Exactly. Bike riders are his white whale. I don't think your dad hates bicyclists. I think he's just jealous because he had dreams of one day running the Tour de France, but he was kicked out due to his chicken legs. <laughs> that very well could be could be it I didn't think about that like every time he sees one of those guys pass him he thinks there but for the spite of God goes me <laughs> I mean how is he supposed to go back to Lincolnton after he's seen Paris in fact he was the one that informed Lance Armstrong <laughs> I heard this motherfucker's doping you didn't hear it from me well it wasn't so much the doping as was uh, I don't know if you remember uh, through his last few Tour de France's, uh, Lance Armstrong let his hair grow out, and he got all curly. And that, that was... Your dad was, was watching it on TV, all of, a sudden, all of a sudden it turned into Kill Bill. The Ironside theme started playing, everything went red. <laughs> there was a, there's a line in the sand, James, and he crossed it. Book me a one-way flight to France. Have you noticed now that she lands on he's he's practically bald? There's a reason for that. You're watching the race a few hours later. All of a sudden, you see a hooded figure throw a stick in front of Lance Armstrong's bike. Ah! <laughs> Laughing maniacally like a supervillain. Just hoping he ruptures the other testicle. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that aside, uh, there's another thing that he doesn't care for. Um, and it's something I think a lot – it's not anything like as weird and as crazy as bike riders, but it's uh, clowns. He doesn't – he hates well, clowns. Well, that's understandable. Yeah, because uh, cause 
my brother and I, we've come up with a plan that I think when he turns 45 or 50, we're going to try to hire a, a clown and have him ride up to the house on a bike, dressed up like, you know, in the spandex and stuff. There, there would only go one or two ways. Either he would he would die of a heart attack after trying to chase down the guy on the bike, or he would murder the clown. Especially if it was on a unicycle, because that's just an asshole bike. But, yeah, I just like to say, hey, yeah, we got a surprise for you outside. And then he opens the door, and there's a clown sitting there on a bike with, like, a horn. You know, Aruga, Aruga. Get this... off of my property. <laughs> he takes his curly clown wig as a trophy. He scalped him. Yeah, that, those are really the two biggest, like, hatred things I could think of with someone else outside of myself. I don't know if I could compete with that, but there is something very specific that I've noticed over the years that my mother hates, which is other women. Uh, so she's a misogynist. My mother is the biggest misogynist I've ever seen. Like, 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 explain. Like, is there any rhyme or reason behind it, or is it just all women in general? She seems to have a general dislike of other women, but it's specifically geared towards attractive women. Uh-huh. Which would always embarrass me growing up, because if I was ever around a pretty girl and my mom was there, I knew shit was going to go down and I was going to be humiliated at some point. Like, what? Would, would, like, give an example. What would she do? It was always something that was kind of in the background growing up. But I remember the first time I really noticed it as a problem was... We were all at my aunt's house, and it was a lazy summer night, so they were doing what people in the South do, which is stand around a burning trash can drinking beer. Yeah, either that, it's that, meth, or lynchings. Those are our three lazy Saturday activities. And it was too late for barbecue, so. (laughs) And uh, the girlfriend of somebody who had lived in the neighborhood, the two of them came over. And my mom had been drinking a little bit, and as soon as she saw her, she just started muttering things under her breath. Keep in mind, this girl wasn't really flirting with anybody. She was just existing while being hot. That's not a crime. (laughs) And the entire time, either me or my aunt would have to sit beside her and kind of contain her to keep her from going over there and starting something. Just the entire time, she was muttering, Fucking whore. She bitch thinks she's so fucking hot. She's a fucking whore. You look at my titties. Keep, keep, keep doing that. I want to hear some more. You want it as your ringtone? <laughs> it still sounds like the vibrating. <laughs> Did she, like, get it? I mean, she didn't start anything that night. Not that night. Now, this didn't become a full-fledged problem until one night. Not too long after that, mm-hmm. my sister and I had taken my mom out to dinner one night at a Mexican restaurant. Already a mistake with my family. <laughs> so I we went there, and we sat down, and we met our waitress, who happened to be very well endowed. Oh, yeah. So much so that I had to straighten my posture to make eye contact with her. <laughs> so she's just, uh, don't, yeah, she's just trying to teach children... Good posture. I mean, that's not a crime. It was very awkward because I was sitting and she was kind of short. So her breasts were at complete eye level with me. 
I kind of had to visibly crane myself upward to see her face over her breasts. <laughs> if, she, if, if she turned too quickly, would she smack you in the head with them? It was possible. And seeing her measurements, my mom just immediately began shooting eye daggers at her. Like, oh, what does this bitch think she's doing? Oh, she thinks she's just so hot, doesn't she? She wasn't saying this yet, but I could see it on her face. Look at her, just sitting there giving the specials like she's fucking God's gift to men. A big titty whore probably walking around with chlamydia and bullshit and fucking talking to people saying hello. Who the fuck says hello to men? God damn it, that fucking slut. I swear she probably banged 16 different men. More pussy than fucking more dicks in her pussy than a fucking clown car, motherfucker. Son of a bitch. So your mother did something like that? Well, again, she didn't say that. I could just read it on her face. <laughs> now, four drinks later, she began saying that. <laughs> Verbatim. Especially after she noticed the waitress was flirting with some handsome businessmen next to us. And I'll admit she was spending a little more time with them well, than yeah, with us, that, but that's logical. That happens. I mean, who's going to tip better? A bunch of horny men over a family of three. You know, with two women. The horny guys in the business suits being hit on by a chesty waitress or the three rednecks with just enough money to pay for the drinks. Please, don't don't call yourself a redneck. You're, you're white trash. I was redneck adjacent. Redneck adjacent, that's more appropriate. The character of the group was redneck. It didn't matter what the individuals were. As a whole, you're redneck. It's like an angry mob, you know, not every specific member is a mob. But if there's enough angry people in the mob, it's an angry mob. Exactly. Now, every time this lady would go to our table, my mom would give her shit about something. The food wasn't to her liking. She seemed to harbor a grudge for her. But the real tipping point with her was the quality of the complimentary salsa. <laughs> oh, no. Which, of course, the waitress had nothing to do with. She brings us that, and she's like, that fucking bitch, do you see this? That is watery. That tastes like shit. I'm like, Mom, it's... Oh, I mean, it's free salsa. I don't care. It is a waitress's responsibility to make sure that the food she served us is decent. I'm like, no, no, it's really not. But she's on a roll now, so there's no point in stopping her. Now, if I was running this place and I saw some whore waitress give salsa like this, I'd <laughs> fire her ass. And no amount of explaining to her how waitressing worked would dissuade her. Yeah. <laughs> and four more drinks later, we're getting ready to leave, and it comes time to pay the bill and leave the temp. No, no. Oh, no, I'm not leaving a tip for that big-tittied bitch. <laughs> Which was bad enough when she was saying that at the table. Even worse when we were walking out and she was saying it to the waitress's face. Oh, Jesus. Wow. We're just trying to drag her out of there. She said, fuck you. You ain't getting none of my money. You, you can fucking pull some tips out of those titties of yours. What makes it worse is that the waitress was being so nice about it. Like she was smiling and saying, oh, it's okay. You don't have to tip me. It's fine. 
I'm sorry your meal wasn't better. All of you have a good night, okay? Fuck you, you fucking bitch. Don't you tell me to have a good night. Well, did you not hear the way you reenacted that? The way she said good night? Obviously, that was that's what a slit does. Come on. Obviously. Your mother had some basis there, alright? So don't hate on her for her hate of some big titty bitch, you know? Uh, so we drag her to the car, and that's just silence the entire ride home. <laughs> Mainly because she passed out. Yeah. But also because we were embarrassed. And that's the last time I went out to dinner with my mom. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed something about those two stories that seem to have in common, and that is alcohol. <laughs> There's something a lot of the stories about my family have in common, and that's alcohol. It's not, I don't think it's not so much hatred of women as it is love of alcohol. Love of alcohol and jealousy of big titty bitches. Yes. Well, I'm gonna be honest. I'm jealous of them too. So. Aren't we all? I mean, I got boobs, but they're not big enough. So if if I'm gonna have boobs, I want to go all out. You know. Some of us want them. Some of us want to be them. I'm the latter, but that's just me. But uh, yeah, that was kind of that's 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 pretty unique. I'll say that. Just I will say that your. Mother's fear seems to be more irrational, or I say more bitter and mean, because nothing nothing tops irrational like hating bike riders. I don't know. As far as irrational, oddly specific hatreds go, you have to give it up to another member of my family. Uh oh. Uh, this member who will go unnamed. It's you, isn't it? <laughs> she is very racist against. A specific type of person. Now, she is perfectly okay with Chinese people and Japanese people and North Koreans and South Koreans and Laotians and, oh, even those Indians are part of Asia. But she is unfathomably prejudiced towards the Vietnamese. Why? I mean, is there any reason that you know of, or is it just like she picked their name out of a hat? Because they're all animals. They're all animals, Matt. Every one of them. Sounds like someone got a bad uh, manicure one day. (laughs) The closest thing I've ever been able to determine is like she once worked for a company that had clients that were Vietnamese, Mm -hmm. and she didn't care for them. Obviously, so she made that jump, logical jump that you all do when you have you know one 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 person from a particular race you don't get along with. You automatically assume that everyone, all the billions of people in that race, are like that. And she's a logical assumption. And she swears that a friend of hers was invited over to their house once, and they tried to feed him dog (laughs) because that's what those Vietnamese people do. Here's the thing, though, like you being. A white family from Alabama. How often do the Vietnamese come up as a subject? Uh, she makes it a subject. Yeah, that's what I figured. Like, you're like, boy, it's kind of hot today. Yeah, it is. Uh, just like those Vietnamese, you know what I'm saying? It's actually like that. What? Yeah, you know, those Vietnamese always sweating like they do, even when it's cold. So, 
just thought I'd let you know about that. Like the Vietnamese are her... Yeah, the Vietnamese are her go-to for things that are bad. So, like, you go, like, you say, like, you go see, like, a bad movie. Woof! That movie must have been Vietnamese. (sighs) This dinner tastes like a goddamn Vietnamese cooked it. Yeah, this... What's wrong? What's wrong with this car? Ah, Some Vietnamese probably put it together. Those people are so trashy, you'd have thought they were Vietnamese. (laughs) My car blew a tire. Some Vietnamese must have threw a tack in the road for no reason. The funny thing is, unless told otherwise, she assumes that all Asian people are Vietnamese. Really? Wow. That's such a random thing to assume. Like, some people assume everybody's Chinese, some assume they're all Japanese. Yeah, because those are the two, especially the Chinese, they're the two, they're the biggest, uh, you know, ethnic group of the Asian races, you know, they're more, well, them and Indians are the two biggest. That's like seeing an Asian guy thinking, oh, what's that guy from Singapore doing here? Yeah, I know. Get out of here, you Taiwanese. Speaking of racial confusion... Oh, is this about is this about the uh, time that I hit my head and I thought I was black? Yes. Okay. But we're going to talk about that later. Okay. I will say that even though I figured out I was white later, I did learn some pretty sweet dance moves. Mm-hmm. I learned that you know music doesn't come from the color of your skin, but the color of your heart. And apparently, I have a black heart, so that helps me dance. Who knew? I didn't check that out though. I really need to go to the doctor about that if I have a black heart. Something's not properly working down there, so. But that's another story for another time. Don't worry about it. Yeah, the story of DJ Two Fresh Johnson, notwithstanding. <laughs> While one member of my family thinks every Asian person is Vietnamese, I still have my sister who thinks that people only come in four races: white, huh? black, Mexican, and Chinese. I gotta applaud that. That is, that's a, I thought I thought I've heard some stuff when it comes to like you know race and things like that, but that is probably the most racist thing I've heard. And seriously, everybody who looks even slightly Asian, Chinese, anybody with a dark complexion, Mexican, anybody with a brown complexion is black. I mean, she, I, she wants went into a grocery store that was ran by an Indian guy and called him Chinese. <laughs> Which he was very indignant about. He said, ma'am, I am Punjabi. Yeah, he said, okay, yeah, that's right there next to China. Whatever. That's probably I mean, I, China. I mean, technically, India is part of China, but she had no way of knowing that. <laughs> she just got lucky. <laughs> But what does she what does she classify mixed mixed people? You know, because there are a lot of mixed people around nowadays. Mixed. She's so that's a fifth race. Her logic is flawed. Well, to be fair, I think if she saw a biracial person, she would just call them black. Probably. So she's like uh, the old South, where even if you were like an eighth black, you were still treated like you were one hundred percent black. I'm actually <laughs> speaking of another family member. I actually heard somebody. Once say, when talking about a friend of theirs who was a, you know, white and Mexican heritage, oh, don't say he's half Mexican. That's horrible. He's half white. 
<laughs> well, they're just being optimists. Some people look at the baby, say he's half Mexican. Other people look at the baby, say he's half white. You know, that's how it do. That's how you do. You know, you're not going to get on the right side. You're not going to get anywhere in life seeing the glass half Mexican. <laughs> exactly. It's not half brown. It's just half white. This water may give me diarrhea. It may be very refreshing. Can I look on the right side? Or the white side? I mean, before I drink this water, it is both diuretic and safe. It's like Montezuma's cat. Uh, that is the, another tale from the family Lewis. It came from the Lewis family's balls. We, we need to, seriously, we, sometime or another, we need to do it. Family Feud, Lewis versus Johnson. It's, <laughs> It just ends in a fist fight. While Steve Harvey cries. Why, God, why? Is it because of my suits? It's like Joseph with his... Technicolor drink. <laughs> that was in the Bible, right? Isn't it in the Bible? The Technicolor dream coat, that is what the Bible calls it. The coat of many colors. No, it's the Technicolor dream coat. There's even a part in that book, in the book of the Bible, where they break out in the song. So They sing Go, Go, That's Joe. Right. As revealed to Gabriel by St. Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> now, here's a question. Mm-hmm. Hatred is universal, but do you think that Southerners have more of an aptitude for it than other people? No, I don't think so. I think, like, like I said, it's just because of what happened in the 60s. We're known for that, you know. It's like... Uh, it's like the guys in Canada, you know, one guy picks up a hockey stick and all of a sudden everybody in Canada can play hockey. You know, in <laughs> our case, one guy just decides to bomb a church and all of a sudden we're all ignorant. Well, that comparison doesn't stand up because everybody in Canada does play hockey. And so you're saying everybody here in the South bombs churches. Is that what you're saying? Not everybody. Look, look, don't put bombs in my mouth, Johnson. <laughs> Too late. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it's just... Us just because of what happened in the past, and and to be fair, you know, racism ha it happens all over the country. It's nothing just limited to the South. Hatred, like when we had Alex on the show, you know, he talked about how Indiana is rampant with homophobia. That's you know, hatred all of its own, and I'm pretty sure it's filled with its share of racists too. You know, nothing, no, nowhere is there one particular place where hate outshines. Any other, anymore? I don't think. I think. I think it's. I think we all have the capacity to hate. And we all have the capacity to love and accept. But it's just. It's a lot easier to hate than it is to love and to accept. And so, us being human beings, we always go. You know, the easy route. You know, we would rather hate someone than to take the time and effort to learn about them and appreciate them as a person. Instead of viewing them as just a rampant stereotype. Unless you're a grown man wearing flip-flops. In that case, go to hell. You <laughs> Well, I think every culture has its own hatred. I think with the South, it's just our hatred happens to be a racial hatred. Exactly. And that's the hatred people are most sensitive towards these days. Like in the Middle East, it's religion, you know? That's the, where their hatred comes from. In the South has its racial hatred. You know. Indiana has its homophobia. They fucking hate the Brazilians in Japan. Do, do they really? Oh, uh, yeah. There's a huge problem with uh, Brazilian wow. immigrants. Like, even if you're 
born in Japan, if you have Brazilian heritage, you can't be considered a citizen. Did like but, someone get like a bad wax one time? <laughs> or like someone got like a bad Brazil nut? Or they saw the movie Brazil one time. <laughs> That's it. Anyone who even is affiliated with that name, no more. I didn't I did not know that about Japan though. Well, Japan is very from what I've always heard and read, seems to have a huge phobia of outsiders for being yeah. so exclusionist. And I think that's just a side effect of their whole culture being on a small island like it is. The same thing would happen anywhere else. It's just like, think of like a small town but with millions of people. Yeah, I think, I mean, the first thing in the 20th century they had imported to their country was the atomic bomb. Exactly. Boom. Truman's son, he rode that sucker down <laughs> to Hiroshima. He, he rode it slim picking style. And he survived because he's Harry S. Truman. He was in a refrigerator. The S stood for suck my dick. <laughs> so if we've learned anything from this segment, it's that hatred is the true Technicolor dream coat. And like Joseph, we all wear it. Well, Matt, enough wallowing in our own hatred. Yes. Let's branch out and embrace the hatred of others. Exactly. I agree. I think it's time we open up the Ark of the Covenant and have our Nazi faces melted by It Came From the South. It Came From the South. So, Matt, I heard one of our old friends is in the news again. Yes. It's kind of interesting that it's, um, because we talked about him last time. The rapping jihadist is back in the news, apparently. MC Amriki. <laughs> yeah, apparently he uh, was in the news at the end of April because this is what I love about technology. He apparently live tweeted his own assassination. <laughs> <laughs> that is bullshit. It's bad enough theaters are considering letting people tweet during movies. Now we got people <laughs> tweeting during assassination attempts. Et tu, Brute? <laughs> Hashtag dead. How's he supposed to keep the people informed? You know, that's his job. As you know, he 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 knows that although the bullets are hot, his beats are still cold and fresh and funky. So the bullets cannot penetrate him. Well, suddenly his title of the Kim Kardashian of homegrown terrorism makes more sense. I thought it was because of his donk. Oh, okay. I thought it was also because he fucked Ray J. But who hasn't? And I fucked Ray J last night. It's nothing special. Show of hands, who hasn't? Alright, yeah. So yeah. Only like three of you out there. Most of you in Germany. But don't worry, he'll get to you eventually. But yeah, apparently he tweeted first he tweeted uh a thing saying that I've been shot in my neck <laughs> by an assassin. I'm not critical yet. And then <laughs> He must not have been hurt too bad if he still had use of his thumbs. That's what I was going to say. He also tweeted. This is, he was so well, he could still Instagram. <laughs> but I, there's a picture of him on Twitter. Let me copy it for you. Showing the aftermath. And you see there's like a little blood on his neck. But overall, he looks all right. I mean, oh, as all right as he can look. That just looks like me when I get up in the morning. Complete with the blood on the neck. All I'm saying is... We haven't seen you and him in the same room yet, so... Well, he has a better beard. Uh, yeah, honestly, I think he just cut himself shaving and tried to look like a badass. Probably. But apparently, then a couple of days later, 
uh, on the 30th, April 30th, I think it was, he tweeted another assassination attempt. <laughs> he tweeted that even if we die, we have won. Hashtag martyr. And then he tweeted, and may not find another chance to tweet. But just, <laughs> but just remember what we said and what we stood for. Um, written on a statue. May not have enough time to tweet. Yeah, this comes from, I think, the last episode we talked about. He broke away from the terror group he was affiliated with. The way I see this is it's almost like uh, something similar to this happened in the 90s. The rap group NWA broke up. And unlike when Ice, Ice Cube left NWA, instead of, you know, diss songs, when this guy left his NWA, they they actually did gangster stuff and tried to kill him. So... You gotta applaud. They gotta, you gotta applaud the jihadists for that. Also explains his other name among the terrorist groups, the Flavor Flav of terrorism. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just because of the big clock he wore around his neck. He yeah, he has like a burka with horns on it. But uh, yeah, apparently he was in some court or something, or in a court, like a courtyard, when a bunch of men come in and tried to fight him and his followers. And he said, he tweeted, we were forced to fight in self-defense, and we killed three and wounded others with no losses. So it was just a prison fight from Batman Begins? Yeah, that's what he said. You're, you're not jihad, you're practice. But, but I he, took on six of them. <laughs> that's what it is. Liam Neeson somewhere trained him to be a better terrorist. <laughs> if, one man, if, if, a man, if any man can do it, it is Liam Neeson. And now I'm scared because not only will he rap better, but he will release the Kraken for all of us. He's just using Amriki so he has someone to find his goddamn family. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, so apparently he killed those people, and he got away, so he is still alive somewhere. Because he tweeted something around the 1st of May, uh, and it's in another language, so I cannot read that. Abu Mansur Afghani Hassan Tahir Uwais. Oh, God, I shouldn't have said that. Now I'm going to be on the FBI terror list. <laughs> I don't know what this is. They transported away to Barsoom. <laughs> uh, Matt Johnson of Mars. Very much like John Carter, I too was a Confederate soldier. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, he's still alive and active and somewhere in Somalia. So he lives to rap another day. But uh, And you had another story, sir? Yes. Uh, yes, I did. Thank, how, how did you know? I didn't say anything to you. You just guessed. But uh, there's been some controversy recently, and something I brought to your attention was there was this song that was released back in the 1st of April, and it's a song by country singer Brad Paisley, and it's about race and racism in the South. It's a big, South's a big part of it, I would say. I have been waiting for a month to listen to this song. You have no <laughs> you idea just, how happy I am right now. You've I'm, wanted to listen to this. You've wanted to listen to it ever since you heard the title of the song. That is, of course, uh, Accidental Racist. By Brad Paisley and Ladies Love Cool James. Yes. Also known as LL Cool J. Well, like I said, it, it started a, uh, a debate over racism. If it was appropriate and, you know, if the song was too heavy-handed and what have you. I felt like it was maybe a little too heavy-handed, but that's just me. But I'll let you listen to it, James. Can I tell you how happy I am to see... Brad Paisley featuring LL Cool J. <laughs> this is like, seriously, like, the closest we come to this kind of crazy mashup was, do you remember when Tim McGraw and Nelly did a song? <laughs> this is like that mashup of Smells Like Teen Spirit with Bootylicious. 
Is that a real thing? You've never listened to Smells Like Teen Booty? <laughs> I have to now with that title. Later, later. <laughs> On to business. All right, tell me when you're ready. All right. One, two, three. Ah, they already got a beat dropped. <laughs> Just have a funky beat. Brad Paisley performing from his album Wheelhouse. <laughs> the album art is him diving into a sea of guitars. Interesting. The man that waited on me and the Starbucks down on me. And nothing says country like Starbucks. <laughs> I know. In Maine. Paying nine dollars for your Jabachino. I put on that T-shirt. The only thing I meant to say is I'm a Skinnerd fan. Yeah, because you know all Leonard Skinner shirts have Confederate flags on them. Red flag on my chest somehow's like the elephant in the corner of the sun. A racist elephant. I just walked him <laughs> right in the room. The elephant that whips donkeys. Just a proud rebel son with an old can of worms Looking like I got a lot to learn But from my point of view From my point of view, I don't need none of your fancy book learning <laughs> Okay, never say to a black man, I'm just a white man coming to you From the Southland, that happened a couple hundred years ago And that didn't work out too well for them isn't that the plot of Django and Chain? See, that's something that's always overlooked in the debate on racism. The sadness privileged white people have to feel over their ancestors. And southern blame. They called it reconstruction. Yeah, and this he gets into right here. We had to go through reconstruction, you know. We're still sifting through the rubble. After a hundred fifty years, I try to put myself in your shoes. Whoa, these shoes sure are big. You know what they say about guys with big feet, huh? 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 Oh, come on. You people have no sense of humor. <laughs> come on, where's LL Cool J? I'm the only person who's ever said that in history, by the way. I'm pretty sure Chris O'Donnell said it one time on NCIS. When he needed LL Cool J to save his ass from those terrorists. <laughs> The plot of this song is it makes me uncomfortable to be around black people. Exactly. I'm sorry, black people, but I'm a white man. It's not my fault. Now, you people won't let go of stuff that happened hundreds of years ago. Now, if you excuse me, I need to go iron my Confederate flag shirt. Southern Dear 
Mr. White Man. I wish you understood what the world is really like when you're living in the hood. Just because my pants are sagging doesn't mean I'm up to no good. You should try to get to know me. Uh, hood, hello, cool J. Now my chains are gold, but I'm still misunderstood. Now my chains are gold, but I'm still misunderstood. I want you to get paid, but be a slave. I never could feel like a newfangled jangle dodging invisible white hoods. <laughs> so when I see that white cowboy hat, I'm thinking it's not all good. I guess we're both guilty of judging the cover, not the book. I'd love to buy you a beer, conversate and clear the air. But I see that red flag, and I think you wish I wasn't. That is the those are the greatest lyrics I've ever heard. I like that. If you stop assuming that I have gold chains, I'll forget all about slavery. You know? <laughs> Slavery was officially over once B.A. Baracus showed up on the A-Team. Relationship between the Mason Dixon needs some fixing. Oh my god. This is all about. Quite frankly, I'm a black Yankee, but I've been thinking about this lately. I'm a son of the new South. The past is the past, you feel me? And I just want to Wait, I like how Paisley's saying, I want to make things better. Bella's like, no, 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 just forget about it. Just forget about it. <laughs> this is probably the only rap song in history that gives a shout out to Robert E. Lee. <laughs> R.I.P. Robert E. Lee. I mean, you fought to keep my ancestors in chains, but it's cool. It's true. Yeah, so apparently the day after that song was released, um, it was announced that racism, as we knew it, had ended. They defeated it with that one song. I mean, first there was Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass coming together. Then there was Paul McCartney and Lionel Richie. Martin Luther King, Lyndon Johnson, they both worked together for the Civil Rights Bill. And finally, the last nail in the coffin of racism, Brad Paisley and Ladies Love Cool James. Mama said not racism out is what happened. <laughs> uh, you think Mama said knock you out would be enough. He could just rest on his laurels after that. But no. I mean, he dunked on racism like he dunked on those fools in Rollerball. <laughs> um, but yeah, what did you think of the song like overall? Like, Did you feel like I felt like it was kind of just way too preachy? Uh, I think Brad Paisley felt really good out himself after he recorded that yeah i think that maybe their hearts were in the right place to just it, they kind of negated it by saying oh this song is about race how we can see each other as more than people be it the song is filled with you know a white man wearing a confederate flag shirt and a cowboy hat and a black man with a do-rag gold chains and baggy pants so it's like we need to learn to accept each other's horrible stereotypes and embrace them no i know jews love money but i love them for that I mean, now let's go meet my Muslim friend, Explody McBoom Boom. <laughs> that is essentially what this is. Imagine like a German country, a you know, German country artist. That would be awesome. <laughs> God. But just imagine like a German artist releasing a song with a Jewish artist talking about how you know, oh, I'm sorry the Holocaust happened, but if I want to wear this Nazi T-shirt, I can wear it. You know, I'm a Linux fan. 
<laughs> yeah, they they really did take a weird turn after the plane crash. They they adopted some weird symbols. But um but yeah, that's that was all over the news for about a week. They made fun of it on Saturday Night Live briefly. Well, as long as Keenan Thompson is getting screen time, that's all I care about. <laughs> Keenan and Kel represent. Now, Keenan and Kel would have teamed up to take out racism. Why does Brad Paisley love orange soda so much? Uh, the life of the white man is sad. I know. Oh, we had slaves, and they got taken away, and we had to work. Ooh. I love how they come together on that song, uh, I understand your ancestors were held in chains, and you're nervous when I wear this cowboy hat. And I accept that. Those two things are definitely equal. <laughs> of course, naturally. But uh, uh, you said you had something that you've been all mysterious about, Super Top Secret. I have another video I'd like the two of us to watch on a similar subject. This is also about a black man and a white man learning to overcome their differences for the greater good. But believe it or not, less heavy-handed than that song. I think Roots was less heavy-handed than that song. Already, I like the title. Yes, Matt, we're going to go away from the racial tensions of the current day to a magical time of political and racial peace, the 1970s. Question, does Black Dynamite show up in this video? He may. Then I'm sold. Now, you've heard The Accidental Racist. Now, let's introduce our listeners to the scientifically grafted racist. It seemed like a good idea at the time. The white bigot was dying, and the black soul brother needed time to prove his innocence. Black More soul cartoon. brother. Not to be confused with any other soul brother. By the way, I love any movie where the trailer just begins with a car crash. Yeah. So they transplanted the whitehead onto the black body. <laughs> Who would have suspected that neither would care for the idea too much? What are you guys doing to me? <laughs> Shut up. Where's the rest of you? We are joined together temporarily. And yes, it's an action. <laughs> Stop this car immediately. Why don't you shut up? Hey, that's telling them, man. I should have known your kind stick together. Will you please stop this infernal machine? Oh, just shut up. Help! Shut up. So you as you can see, 90% of the movie is just good. him screaming and the other guy saying shut up. Face off here. Are you shooting at us? I don't know what to say. That I have to see this movie. That's how I felt. This a real dirt. Could I have a cigarette? Like, I've known about this movie for, like, a decade, but didn't watch the trailer until a few weeks ago. I've never wanted to watch a movie more. Hey, man, are we smoking while I'm eating? Sir, one of these days, I'm gonna do this to you. Yes, there's a motorcycle race at some point. It was the 70s, they happened. And you know... Every cop in the state was after that two-headed monkey. Oh my god! You okay, Harry? Man, they cut a fuckload of cops back then. Harry, stick your head out the window and see if any more is coming. Ray Milland and Rosie Greer as the thing with two heads. You get some sleep, baby. Why don't you stay here for a little while? No use, honey. Maybe when I get used to it. 
Now you know you got to go. It wouldn't be the 70s without a sassy black man rhyming. This... I can't describe what I just saw. This is like... <laughs> if... Like... the. I, uh, <laughs> I, I just love the sensory overload of it. It's like... The first time I saw Batman. <laughs> That's the only way I could compare this. Yeah, I think you've burnt me out, James. I... I don't know. Colors don't pop the same way. Food I mean, doesn't first, taste right. I mean, it immediately introduces you to a white bigot's head on a soul brother's body. Just the tagline on the poster, by the way. And then, before you even have time to register that, it becomes an action movie. Because why not? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's the ultimate buddy cop film. Did they... I was so transfixed... Did they say how they got out of prison? Was it Wait. just, hey, we put these guys together, let's just go ahead and throw them out? I think like, so. Like every good 70s experiment. Well, like every good experiment, they use a death row inmate. Of course. Because that's never gone back to bite us in the ass. Now I like to think that that black man was actually Luke Cage. <laughs> that's the chapter of his origin story that was never <laughs> revealed. Sweet Christmas, honky. So in addition to having an aging bigot on his neck, he also has bulletproof skin. But here's the twist. The white man's head doesn't. <laughs> that was Misty Nye at the end. By the way, I love how it's a 70s trailer, but it still has a stinger at the end. Yeah. It's out of its time. It really was. Uh, God, that just... I have to see that movie. I'll be the first below the Bible Belt commentary. That, yes. Jesus. Uh, Wow. You just blew my mind. I'd like to point out that on YouTube, the related videos are Willie Dynamite and Darker Than Amber. Yeah, I saw that. Also, the trailer for Black Shampoo, <laughs> which, as you may have guessed, is just the movie Shampoo remade with black people. I didn't think black people used shampoo. I thought they just used conditioner. But uh, we're not here to talk about the hair habits of black people. Why not? We've talked about fashion at the beginning with... Flip-flops and plaid shorts. We're can we get that. into hair topics? Uh, we're saving that for episode 23, fashion. Fashion. Until I say fashion, Matt, we are not talking about fashion. The Southern that, that Fashionistas. That's us. Don't say Southern and Eastas in the same sentence. Don't box my rights as a person in, James. Look, look, look. If you ignore my do-rag, I'll ignore that red flag. you got to meet me halfway, Matt. Red flag, so you're saying you hate America? Look, look, look. I've got my gold chains. You've got the iron chains. Why can't I wear iron chains around with someone thinking it's a political statement? I'm just I'm just a big fan of Jacob Marley from Christmas Carol. You show up in a white cowboy hat, a Confederate flag shirt, and slave chains around your arms. This is heritage, not hate. <laughs> I'm taking it back. Slave chains are our thing now. We can wear them. You're, you're taking back slavery for white people. <laughs> <laughs> See how, see how white people like it now. They have the shoes on the other foot. I support that. White people should be the only people allowed to be slaves. Yeah, that's it. Especially if you're an adult man who wears plaid shorts and flip-flops. Especially. You have to be condemned to like do hard labor dress like that. I think that will turn America around. Get on that shit, Obama. Exactly. Thanks a lot, Obama, for not... Oh, wait, you're actually going to do this. So, yeah, I mean, I meant to say it, but... Like I said, something about the way I say Obama always comes out sarcastic. I can't help it. 
You're actually being sincere. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot, Obama. Thank you. Mm, Obama. Mm. <laughs> I think that about wraps it up for this episode. You had a good note, a good thing to end on. Mother of God, did you have a good thing to end? <laughs> Uh, before we say goodbye, I'd like to introduce a new closer for the show. Not that ending every episode with the Thing with Two Heads trailer wouldn't be an amazing closer. It would. I, 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 couldn't, that, I couldn't hear that every time. It would just blow my mind until like there was nothing left to be blown. As some of you may remember, a few episodes ago, we stumbled onto a website called Redneck's Revenge. Yes, of course. Um, Texas Redneck. Uh, Redneck Texan. Redneck Texan. I can't remember the other guy's name. Texan Redneck. Probably. <laughs> it's all some combination of Texan and Redneck. They were very, you know, creative lot over there. Now, we had originally reported that after the election, Redneck Texan had thrown his Confederate flag in the garbage and said, Redneck's revenge, no more. But, fortunately for us, and unfortunately for everybody else, <laughs> Redneck Texan has taken up the angry Redneck mantle once more. And is still blogging. I imagine somewhere like his butler down in the basement of his racist cave. <laughs> the people need Redneck Texan. Like need a symbol. Yeah. Get out of my cave, you lima bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but looking through uh, the comments he leaves on his website, they, they seem to have a weird structure to them. Like they seem less like comments and more like haikus. Well, yeah, of course. Every insane person wants to be a poet. That is a fact. Um, and they have a lyricism to them that we just can't ignore. Yeah. Have you never read the slam poems that uh, Charles Manson did? <laughs> and then the haikus that Bin Laden used to write. They're all about how he hogged the air conditioner. <laughs> what was on cable that night? Bin Laden's final years were very boring. Or maybe he's still alive. Have you ever noticed uh, Alex leads an incredibly boring life as well? <laughs> Just saying, you hey, have I've seen, seen I've seen a zombie. I know what can happen. Exactly, but uh, but yeah, uh, Manson's beat poem about the time he carved that swastika into his forehead is riveting stuff. Check it out anytime you get a chance. That beats the hell out of Allen Ginsberg. How my ass. <laughs> Although I think that's what they said in the poem. But anyway, we're not here to talk about poetry. <laughs> We've talked enough about Charles Manson. Charles Manson, Allen Ginsberg, and poetry. That's the next episode. Poetry, James. We all star for it. But, uh, that brings us to our new segment, Redneck Texans Poetry Jam. Now, this next item is in response to an article titled, Why Aren't Liberals More Critical of Islam? Redneck Texan writes, I think it has more to do with liberals being anti-redneck. They just can't stand to be on the same side of any argument with the redneck America. Problem is, the Islamic terrorists are not blowing shit up in the Bible Belt. They are going after those blue dots on the political map where all the liberals are concentrated. There's a reason you don't see any burgers at a NASCAR race. They, the liberals, Always targeted what they perceive to be white male privilege. Let's see the war on terror as being between WMP and Islam. 
and they feel it's their role to sympathize with any foreign enemy. What exactly, anyway, is the author's threshold for an acceptable level of liberal criticism towards Islam? They could have their family slaughtered in front of them by jihadists, but they ain't never gonna jump on my nuke mecca bandwagon, because they see me already on the wagon. No matter how tepid our response is to future Islamic-motivated attacks against us, liberals are always going to bitch about it if they perceive it as giving WMP political advantage. Right now, they are the cannon fodder against Islamic attacks in the homeland. Might as well enjoy the irony. Dig. That is like something. I mean, I just that was moving. It didn't rhyme. I'll be honest. That's the kind of poems I like. Dirty limericks are my, more my thing, especially if they're political. Yeah, you only like sexy poetry. Do you know how many words rhyme with penis? I mean, come on. Seven. Exactly. Well, most of them are variations of unhappiness. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was that was very interesting. I like that segment. Hopefully it'll continue. As long as Redneck Texan continues being a hate-filled, misogynistic, bigoted, warmongering piece of human shit, we'll have our closer. I can dig it. So, Matt, has this been an adequately hateful episode? Yes, I come in wanting to hate others, but I left actually hating myself, so... Same here. It's funny how that works. But that's just any other typical Saturday night. I don't think you did anything special. Uh, hey, 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 don't hate on my Technicolor dream coat. I'm so jealous of it. I know I have a coat of many hatreds that my father gave to me. Uh fucking uh, mini coat wearing bitch fucking slut I bet you just, over there no, fucking fuck you just fucking fucking hating all the men and they you know what fucking, you know what I've been James uh, motherfucking bitch I've been mad you motherfucking yeah, you just asshole. been below the fucking bible bill fuck you I'm done <laughs> Chill!